Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Welcome to SACPA. Ah, we are settling down. My name's Dwayne Pendergast, and I'm your moderator today. And I'll start with the usual procedural announcements. We're recording now. Please turn off your cell phones. And please have someone check the payment basket to ensure no one has forgotten the $11 lunch fee. Uh, SACPA is a no- volunteer nonprofit association. We rely on membership fees and session attendees to continue our work. Memberships are available from Annalise, who's manning the sound system here. And we would like to thank the University of Lethbridge and the Lethbridge Herald for their support and notice distribution, Country Kitchen Catering for their lunches, Shaw TV for broadcasting. I think we can thank Shaw TV. They're a bit late today. <laughs> and uh, CKXU for live radio and all the other media for covering our events. And for newcomers, I note that we start with a 25 to 30 minute presentation. Then we have lunch, followed by a 30 minute question period starting about 1 p.m. Now I'd like to introduce our speaker for today. Dr. Mark Gettle. Mark retired from a career with the Lethbridge Research Center recently. He continues to serve his science interests as editor-in-chief of Biocontrol Science and Technology. And he is a presenter for Scientists in Schools. Mark's formal education is in the biological sciences. That gives him full appreciation of the important role of energy, solar energy in particular. Energy is our fundamental resource. The sun supports essentially all life on Earth through the provision of fresh water and energy to keep us warm and enable photosynthesis. As one of Mark's many interests, he's decided to intercept some solar energy to produce electricity for his own use. He's one of the first, if not the first, person in Lethbridge to have a solar electricity system from NMAX installed at his house. His talk is titled, Power from the Sun, The Ups and Downs of Installing Solar in Lethbridge. Welcome to SACPA, Dr. Thank you. So it's nice to be up here again. Thank you very much for the invitation. So the sun, as uh, Wayne just said, it's light from the sun, travels approximately 150,000 kilometers an hour, uh, 150 million kilometers to reach the earth in eight minutes and 19 seconds. And as Dwayne just said, the energy of this sunlight supports almost all life on Earth by photosynthesis and drives the Earth's climate and weather. So how can we make further use of this very important and fantastic resource? 
Well, if climate change is really a reality, I hope this will be my backyard in the next century or so. But this is what the sun does for us. It provides all the growth of the plant life on Earth. <clears throat> so today I'd like to <clears throat> first talk a little bit about how does one capture the sun's energy? How does one go about installing a residential PV system in Lethbridge? The economics. And I will compare three systems that have been recently installed in Lethbridge. And if I have time, we'll go through a little bit about the future of solar. So how does one capture the sun's energy? Plants, as Dwayne mentioned, do it via a process called photosynthesis, which converts carbon dioxide and water into sugars. And so here we have the sun falling onto the leaves. The leaves are capturing that sunlight and converting it into sugars. So we can also do it. So how do we do that? We can convert the sunlight into electricity. And it's the photovoltaic phenomenon, which we, which we call PV. So I'm not a physicist or a chemist, but briefly, what happens is the sunlight has photons. It call, falls onto this photovoltaic cell, a solar cell. And the energy dislodges the electrons in this silicon. And these electrons then jump down, oops, where am I here, and produce a current in return on the other side. So basically, this is the, the way that this photovoltaic cell works. So some terminology. First, we have solar cells. So these are the cells that I <clears throat> just pointed out to you. These, each unit that produces the electricity. These are arranged in, in a series to produce a solar panel. Now, most of us call them panels, but the electricians and the people really, they call them a module. I've been corrected many times by the people that were installing mine. These are not solar panels, these are solar modules. Then when we put the modules together, we have a solar PV array, and this is what your basic electric, electric producing array is. So there's basic systems that are available. First, first sort of problem is that the PV modules produce a direct current, a DC current. However, in our homes, we use alternating current. So the first thing that panels we have to do is change them into from DC to AC. <clears throat> and so we must convert this using inverters. So the inverter... As you can probably find, you can plug into your electric, uh, your uh, cigarette lighter in your car, and then you have a little inverter that will change it to AC. It's the same thing. So there's several different ways of doing that when you have solar energy. So one system converts um, the DC to AC at each panel, and these are called microinverters. There's also larger inverters that can convert all the electricity produced from an array. And these are um, it's another system. Now, however, there's a problem in that when you have something that's connected in a series, the lowest, each, each one comes from one to the other. So if you have shading and one panel is producing very little, it basically is a bottleneck. So 
these uh, large inverters that, that are, don't have uh, microinverters, there can be a problem with shading because you will then have less pr production of electricity. So to overcome this, some companies have come up with what they call maximizers, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. So this cover, uh, overcomes shading by being able to jump the cells that are shaded or producing less electricity. So the uh, photovoltaic potential of um, Canada. Here we have Canada, and this is the amount of sun, the, the photovoltaic potential, and you can see here we are in the south, southern Saskatchewan, Alberta, and just a part of Manitoba, where we have the greatest potential of harnessing the sun's energy. And here we are in Lethbridge, somewhere in this area. So we are well within the, uh, the greatest area within the country to harness electricity. So here are some examples. We can see that Brooks, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and even Calgary are producing <clears throat> have the most amount of sunlight and the most days per year compared to other parts of Alberta. So we are in an excellent area. There's a little bit of history of the electrical system in Alberta. In 1996, Alberta begins to convert its electricity market to, uh, to a market-based system. And we can all remember that, I think. In 2007, Alberta passes a climate change legislation. And in 2009, they pass regulation that allows microgeneration, meaning we can start generating our own electricity. So this allows Albertans to produce their own energy for their own use, and excess energy that's being produced can be put into the grid, and they will get paid for it. However, there's a caveat in that in microgeneration, you can only produce the amount of energy that you use in a year. You cannot produce more energy than you use in a year. So in other words, it's not a money-making pro prospect. You can only replace or produce enough energy that you're going to be using. So in 2009, there's a Climate Change and Emissions Management Corporation was created the CCEMC. So this corporation provides a grant to NMAX of $14.5 million to install 12,470 kilowatts of solar and wind microgenerations by 2020. So what NMAX does with this, it launches a residential solar program and solicits interested individuals. <clears throat> so I was really hoping to get solar for a long time. I was, I was actually thinking of putting up my own panels to thermal uh, solar heating for my water. Never got around to it. So when I heard about this possibility, I immediately signed up and waited. And waited. And waited. And waited. In the meantime, I hear that solar is being installed in Calgary, Edmonton, Medicine Hat, Red Deer. What's the holdup in Lethbridge? So I get back to NMAX and say, you know, I've, one of the first people has signed up. What's the problem? Well, Lethbridge is not in our installation area. 
Now, how come? So, after months and, and, and sending emails and phone calls and whatever, then I heard, well, there's a dispute with the Lethbridge regulatory requirements. So, I then solicited uh, Jeff Kaufman to help me out and to start digging into this. And then we find out that there's a requirement in Lethbridge for expensive engineering reports for solar readiness, roof solar readiness. And it's only in Lethbridge. All the other towns, cities are not requiring this requirement. So finally, after uh, contacting, uh, Jeff Kaufman was contacting the regulatory people, contacting NMAX. Finally, NMAX entered into um, an agreement with an engineering company that said that, okay, for $400, we'll do cookie-cutter inspections and we'll be able to provide this certification that's necessary in Lethbridge. So, I, like I mentioned, Jeff Kaufman thanking him for his help in getting this result. So finally, I'm ready to get my solar panels on. NMAX comes to have a look at my roof, and I'm really excited. But wait, my roof is not the standard cookie-cutter style. Okay, so it's going to cost me $1,000 for roof inspection. But I've waited long enough, and I said, okay, I'll go for it. So here we go. Here's my contract. So, whoops. So the um, system that that uh, Nmax has there's, there's three different ways. You can either pay up front, or you can pay. There's three different payment options. Basically, like leasing a car or lease to own. So I went for the lease to own, paying about 50% up front, which is the initial fee. Where am I here? Okay, so they 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 sell their arrays by six. So I get 12 12. Uh, modules. So my initial cost is $5,206. $1,000 for the engineering for the flat roof, because mine is a flat roof. That's not standard. GST. So a total of $6,516.30 up front. And then the lease payments over 15 years of $35.68 over 15 years. So after, and so during this period, NMAX guarantees the panels. Anything goes wrong except for vandalism. Um, so hopefully there's no kids with shotguns in the area. But anyway, um, so anything else, hail damage or anything, they will guarantee you up those for, for 15 years. So July 10th, 2014, up pulls up the truck. Uh, the NMAX trucks pulls up. The... Um, Whoops, yes, of course. Thank you. There's always an error in there. It doesn't matter how, long, how many times you go through there, <laughs> through your slides. Anyway, so therefore, this is my flat roof, and what they've installed is a, a ballast racking system. Uh, NMAX was adamant that they would not puncture the membrane on a flat roof, and I agree with them because flat roofs tend to collect water if you have the tiniest leak. So what it is is this racking system is on a ballast system. So you can see here these concrete blocks that are placed on this system. And it was about a week after the system was up, we had the microburst of the 130-kilometer-hour winds or whatever it was. They're still up there, so I'm happy that this ballast was worked out. So here go with the panels. They're about 40 pounds each. 
we had the press over. This was the first installation in uh, Lethbridge, so it made the news. And up went the panels, and here are my 12 panels arranged. Now, I'll just go back one here and just point out that this is a chimney here. Okay. That's an important part. <laughs> so here we are. The chimney would be just to the right of that last panel. Wow, the first week looked good. I was getting about um, out of... So there's 12 panels at, at a maximum of 250 watts each. So I was getting peaks of uh, almost 2,500 uh, uh, watts per a maximum per day. So it looked very good the first week. But then seasons change. And with seasonality, my production started going down. So here we can see the day that it was installed. I was getting about 20 kilowatts per day going down. And then in the wintertime. And then this is the 23rd of April, 2014. But this was not to be unexpected because before I put up the panels, NMAX gave me this little camera situation, uh, uh, this contraption where you take 18 pictures, nine pictures on one angle, nine pictures the other angle, and you get a, a sun path. So this is the sun path on the northernmost portion of my uh, roof. And so here you can see the years, I mean, the, the months of the year. I think you can see them there. It's kind of maybe a little bit difficult. But you can see that during these winter months, everything that is red means that there's going to be shading. So in the wintertime, the sun path goes this way, and you can see that it's pretty well constantly shaded. So in uh, November, December, January, February, even March, you can see a lot of shading. So this is the northernmost part. So it's far away from my trees in the back. But... The panels that are the closest, the southernmost panels, this is what they would be facing. Yep. And you can see the chimney here, although it's not showing red because the camera, there was too much reflection of light. The computer could not pick that up. But anyway, you can see that this panel here would be getting a lot of shading. And basically, this is exactly what happened. As the sun went down in the horizon just during the season, I got less and less production. These flat areas here are areas when there's snow on the ground. And lo and behold, as the spring's coming, we're getting more and more. And again, here, these are the days we had snowfall here in April. We had we had no snowfall, we would have gone up. It, it would have been just about the same. And... This is the production during a day. Each panel, you, this is all computerized, and just go on the net and you can find it. It's great, amazing. So anyway, each panel, this is what is being produced at this moment. And you can see here the panel that's behind the chimney is producing hardly anything. So the shading is a very important part. Another interesting thing I found out was that cloudy days in the wintertime were better than the shade. And that's because when it's a cloudy day, you get scattering of the photons, you get scattering of the light. So therefore, when you have a direct shade, so this is, oh, okay here. So this is a shady. Uh, this is a, a sunny day, and these are the two shady days. 
and it just shows what a difference it is between. So when you're completely in the shade and the sun's shaded, there's a lot more cutting off of the photons than if you're in a, um, a brighter, um, than a cloudy day. So just to summarize my system, so I have 12 250-watt modules. They're connected with end-phase microinverters, so every panel isn't converted into from AC to DC, uh, from DC to AC, right at the panel. There's a 10-degree angle directly south. Shading by trees and chimney is a problem. In the nine months since they've been installed, I had uh, I've produced 1,670 kilowatts, kilowatt hours. So I estimate, just based on what happened in July and what's starting to happen now, I estimate that in the year I'll produce about 3,000 kilowatt hours, or about 250 kilowatt hours per module. Now I'm ready to get a sledgehammer and cut that, to, to knock that chimney down, but it'll cost me a lot of money to replace my furnace to do that. But. <laughs> so the installation, again, was done by NMAX, a cost of, the total cost of $13,288. However, it's a leasing, so it's kind of difficult to really tell you exactly what it is worth because there was $6,516 up front, $428 a year for 15 years, and $350 at the end. So it's a sliding scale. So example number two, Bev Mundell Atherstone and Henning Mundell installed a system at their home, and their system is a ground-installed system. And here we see the panels. There's so I'll just summarize theirs. They've put up 24 of these 250-watt modules. It's a series installation with one inverter. So in the series, as I said, if there's shading, that could cause a problem. Theirs is a 25-degree angle towards the south, whereas the first one was a 10-degree uh, angle. So there's no shading. It's a ground-level installation. They've produced 1,930 kilowatt hours in three months. And I'm estimating that based on what's happening now, probably they'll produce about 7,000 kilowatt hours or about 292 per module. And their system was installed by Energy Smart of Canada right here in Lethbridge. And their cost was $26,000. There's no shading. So here you can looking down. There is pointing right towards the coolies. Those few little trees in the back will not produce any shading. So theirs is getting 100% sun all the time as soon as the sun is out, except for snow shading. However, Henning says that two seconds after that picture was taken, Bev was out there with a broom, <laughs> and all that snow was gone. So theirs is powered by one large inverter that's placed at the, uh, at the, at the panels, and then they trenched, and then the uh, power goes to the house through a trench. And this is basically uh, what happened since their installation. So you can see here in January 14th, they produced over 300 kilowatt hours. And that compares to about 30 or 33, uh, 33 kilowatt hours of my own. So it shows you the importance of shading and the angle is a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. So, So they've got a third example here. It's by Anonymous. 
person did not necessarily want in his name. So this person put up 36 250-watt modules. It's a series installation with maximizers. It's got two inverters because one inverter cannot handle all that power. Again, it's 10 degrees directly, uh, angled directly south. But again, there's a problem with east-west shading. And uh, these produced 1,200 kilowatt hours in two months. So I'm estimating that in a year he'll probably produce about 9,000 kilowatt hours, which is again about 250 per module. And it was installed by the owner at a cost of $24,000. But this person went and got it directly from the distributor, did a lot of work, and I even went up on the roof and helped him put him up. So there is some east-west shading. So here you can see that's looking sort of southeast. You can see these uh, spruce trees at the neighbor. And so in the morning, he'll have a lot of shading. He's also got trees and the neighbors on the west side, so he'll be shading there. And here are his 36 modules. And you can see the shading problem, how all the black ones, that's being shaded in the morning as the sun's coming up. But you can see how well the other panels are already doing. But with the maximizers, the maximizers bypass certain cells. So if you, if you didn't have maximizers, basically it'd be all down to the lowest uh, production, which would be about six, kilo, uh, six, kilo, uh, six watts in this area. Depending, but he's, he's divided into three different modules, three different arrays. So here is two inverters. They're installed in his basement. And this is the maximizers, the, um, the module that that uh, it's like a computer thing that bypasses any module that is producing less than the others. And again, this is a summary of his production in, um, in the three months that since his installation. Of course, the first month was, was not a full month either. But you can see again, as the season's coming, the sun's rising, it's getting more and more sun. So as I said before, the angle does make a difference. I'll just I'll get five more minutes. Um, so you can see here the horizontal pitch is, is very close to the 10 degrees, and then the 6 to 12 pitch is a, bit, a little bit more what the um, Mundells have, Henning and Bev. And you can see that there, there is a difference, so you, so especially in the seasons where the sun is at a lower angle. The higher your angle, the more sun will catch when the sun is lower in the sky. But when the sun is higher in the sky, of course, then... Um, a lower angle will catch more. So the, the deregulated electrical system. So there's many independent producers, transmitters, and sellers now in the, in the province. Each one wants their share. So there's a bidding system. It's administered by the Alberta Utilities Regulator. So bids are taken every hour on the amount of power that's needed for the next hour. And all lower bids get the same price as the highest bidder, which is quite an interesting system. So coal-fired and green energy bidders who cannot cut off their energy very easily bid very low, hoping that the other bidders bid higher and they get the highest price. But unfortunately for us micro-generators, we can only get the money, uh, we can only sell per kilowatt hour what we buy from the grid. So we cannot get any more money than what we pay for them. So what does it cost? Basically around 50% is the cost of energy. The rest of it is fixed costs and other costs. 
I'll go a little bit faster here so I don't. Yeah. So here's a here's my my uh, electricity bill. So I'm paying. I've got a fixed price of eight cents a kilowatt hour, and I've got a five-year contract. All the other charges are fixed except the transmission charge. Now this transmission charge depends on how much uh, power you pull in or how much you're using. So basically the cost of energy that I'm, I, we're, we're paying, eight cents a kilowatt hour. There's a transmission charge of approximately 2.7 cents per kilowatt hour. There's a GST of 0.53 cents per kilowatt hour. So basically we're paying 11.323 cents per kilowatt hour that we use, but with the fixed costs, it amounts to about 18 to 19 cents. So what are the economics? So the cost for energy to the grid is 8 cents a kilowatt hour, so that's what I get for any excess power that I produce. Savings for energy that I use within the house is 11.23 cents a kilowatt hour. So of the 1,670 kilowatt hours I produced to date, 677, or about 40% of that, went into the grid for a total revenue of $54.16. 993 kilowatt hours were used in the house for a cost of about $111. So I'll just compare the three systems. So in example one, with my cost being a total of $13,288, or basically $4.43 a watt. In example two, $4.33 a watt. In example three, $24,000 or 267 a watt. So it's worth it to do your own work. <laughs> so based on an yearly estimate of 3,000 kilowatt hours, so 1,200 went into the grid, so that's $96 worth. 1,800 was in-house, that's $203 worth. So basically a total of $300. My initial cost was 6516 Monthly payments of 428 So the total for the first year cost me $6,944. Now if I had that in my bank at 1.3% interest, I would have made $90.27. Now, taxed at a marginal rate of 30%, I would only have $63.19 in my pocket. So I'm $236.81 ahead. So that's economics. However, there's also environmental benefits. And with the system here, we have the EPA estimate of 1.67 megawatts that I produced would have powered 55 houses for a day or I've saved 1.16 tons of uh, carbon, or saved 30 trees. So that makes you feel good too, right? So instead of waiting, I'm doing something to decrease the greenhouse gases. As our politicians are deciding what we're going to do, I'm feeling good. Spin it any way you want. I feel like I'm winning. It makes me happy. So. Okay, I'll... So I have a few slides you're just going to show of the different systems that are around. I think I'll, I can go through this in just two seconds, okay? So here, here's some huge arrays in China, in India, Japan. And then, okay, I was going to show 
how many we have here. But again, solar is going everywhere. We see solar signs, solar streetlights, solar um, roof shingles, even solar roads now they're starting to put together. Solar cars, even homemade cars. Solar power. Flexible solar panels that you can even bring and charge your cell phone on the beach. Here is in China, these are all electric motorcycles now, so there's going to be a lot of use for electricity. And this is where I'll end. Thank you. Thank you.